welcome to this CFX Connections podcast. CFX aims to educate and connect the people working in churches with those seeking to provide a better experience to their community. My name is Amanda Weichel, and I'll be hosting this month's podcast. I'm the creative arts producer at a church plant outside of Baltimore called Mosaic Christian Church. We've been around for about 12 years Today, we're going to be talking with Hart Sutton. Hart wears many hats in her position at Mosaic Christian Church. As the Director of Local Impact, she oversees strategic partnerships with organizations that affect significant change throughout the state of Maryland. She also serves as the Director of Guest Experience, and she leads the parking, greeting, ushering, and security team to ensure that every person who gathers on Sundays experiences a welcoming and safe environment. And as somebody who attends, I have experienced that welcoming and safe environment. You're really good at your job heart oh thanks as a church for people who don't go to church mosaic standard for distraction free and confusion free spaces is elevated and heart definitely meets that elevated bar i think uh she leads teams that execute the systems needed to ensure those safe confusion free spaces and when she's not leading her teams she can be found on a date with her husband mike having a dance party with her daughter emma or trying new wines and cocktails with her lady friends, which was us last night. That was us last night. It was great. <laughs> so welcome, Hart. Thank you. What a great introduction. <laughs> Thanks. I'm a little blushed. <laughs> so we are here specifically, like we could talk to you about a million things because you have worn so many hats here at Mosaic. But today we're going to focus in on one specific hat that you wear that honestly, as I look out at church I mean, just conversations around churches. We don't see a lot of people talking about this team, but it is so needed and so necessary, unfortunately, in this day and age. Um, And that's a security team. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on. Before we get into that, though, can you talk a little bit about that team, about why it came to be uh, and how you came to be leading it? Sure. Um, So we call it our safety response team. I don't even know if you knew that, but we have tried to veer away from the term like security team because we don't want that. to yeah, we don't want to be policing people. Yeah. We are here to pastor people as a church. And so our safety response team um has evolved over the years. You know, I've been a part of our church since we launched, but I've only been on our team since 2018 when we moved into this new building. And um, it was apparent that because of the square footage that we had, we needed to kind of up our game. And so, uh, yeah, we developed our team out of that. And by calling it our safety response team, we look at just that. We want to keep our people secure and safe. It's made up of many different professionals, first responders, police officers, military professionals. Yeah, and... I know when some people hear security team, we do think of like people packing secretly, mm-hmm. but your team really does do so much more than that. In fact, you had, you shared a win with the team this past week about Dr. Pafal. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, I think, yes. So we had a couple that are kind of newer to our church that both got baptized, the husband and the wife. I think only one of them were planning to get baptized, but then the last moment they were like, let's both do it. Yeah. And they have an epileptic child. And so we were able to um, ease their, what's the Fears? word? Yeah. yeah. As to leaving their child in our kids' environment, which is very vibrant and lots of bright lights and flashing lights. 
um, because we said, this is Dr. Pafal, and he's here, and he can um, respond to your child immediately if they need anything. And so they were able to sit in the entire service and be baptized without fearing for their child. Yeah. And that's – and he's a member of the safety and response team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's an important context to set, that these aren't just, like, undercover cops. These are doctors. These are um, first responders. I know we have a firefighter, Matt McCrasick, and some nurses. So it really is a broad spectrum of people. So when did you realize, and maybe it was more like you were told because you were actually hired for this specifically, right? Yes. So do you know what prompted Mosaic to seek a security director or uh when did they realize that they needed to up their safety game you said a little bit about secure excuse me about square footage Mm -hmm. but was there something that happened even prior to that where they realized oh we do need a security team i think the biggest thing was the square footage as well as like this day and age Mm -hmm. you know churches were being targeted back then and um yeah I was asked to come on and I'm like I don't think you have the right person uh because I don't have any background I don't have a medical background I don't have a security background I do have a background in leading teams and yeah so I was asked to come in and figure it out and I think that there is an advantage to the fact that I'm not an expert in that area and I am just an expert in organizing teams and leaders and so the very first thing that I did was find find the experts that are in our church and they still are on my team now they lead in um, coaching and training in those precise areas whereas I just lead in making sure we have all the right people on the bus basically yeah so Andy Stanley says he strives to be the dumbest person at the table and with that kind of like humble spirit you are able to acquire the smartest people at the table. So it kind of sounds like that's what you did. You're like, I don't know, CPR. Let me find somebody who does. (laughs) Absolutely. I came in knowing nothing. I know so much about AEDs and emergency response plans and what to do if there's like an active assailant on your campus. And I only know it because these wonderful people taught me. Yeah. So I think this is a good point to people who, who maybe think like, oh, we don't have enough staff to have a dedicated person to um, security or or safety and response. But what it sounds like you're saying is you don't need somebody who's an expert on your team who knows AEDs and CPR Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. What you need is somebody who can execute. Absolutely. And execute those systems. I think that's great. So, Hart, you talk about Dr. Pafal, and so you you have somebody who's specific to kids, uh, but we know that there are many environments that make up a church. So can you speak to the different needs of those environments when it comes to safety and response and then the roles of those people? Yeah, so the team that I created, we call them champions. Um, And so I have a medical champion who is a nurse and works in an ER. I have a um, first responder champion who is a DC firefighter. So he's like in our nation's capital doing this every day. And then I have a security champion who actually um, trains people on gun control and gun safety and those sorts of things. 
And so with those individuals, we were able to take a look at our entire building and say, what are our greatest needs and how can we outline our positions and what position you're in based on the needs of our building? So for example, um, our speaker, we have a security a safety response team member that is with our whoever's preaching every week and that person is actually somebody that is really good at diffusing um, conflict so they're not you know somebody that's overbearing or somebody that's going to be hot-headed or any of those things they don't usually carry a weapon and it's just someone that we know if um, somebody comes at our preacher and is a little bit hot-headed or something like that they'll be able to help diffuse the situation we have somebody in our auditorium stadium area every week that is actually someone that is, has a concealed carry permit and has a weapon on them. And um, we have ways to make sure that any officers, if we have to call officers into our building, will know exactly where that person is that has a weapon that is on our team that has that concealed carry permit. And then in our kids' hallway, we that's where the biggest things always – no, the smallest things. The medical things always happen in the kids' hallway. You know, two kids run into each other and get a bloody nose or the, you know, I need a Band-Aid or an ice pack and those sorts of things. So in our kids' hallway, we always make sure that we have either a nurse or a doctor and um, or maybe one of our first responders based on just what kids would need. Have there been any instances where – the preacher's man has to has had to diffuse situations and what does that look like like practically I don't I don't know that we've had our team have to intervene we have had both of our preachers are actually really good at talking down anybody that might be excitable Um, but I do think that there is something to be said about people knowing that they can see that person that's been with them the entire day standing, you know, five or 10 feet off of them. That just offers a level of security, not just to whoever's speaking, but also uh, um, presence yeah. to people that might consider doing something. Yeah, absolutely. I remember uh, when we had to have like campus directors, we had two campuses at the time, and I was campus directing at our Troy Hill location. And we actually had a custody issue mm. because, and that's something else that I know the safety and response team helps with because, you know, we have children whose this parent has custody, this parent does not. And, you know, they drop their child off, and the parent who does not have custody tries to come to church and see their kid. And the safety, response team had to intervene and say you can't do that and in this specific situation she wasn't allowed to be within x amount of feet and so we had to move quickly to to remove her from the situation Mm -hmm. Uh, and so it it isn't even just you know the most dramatic instances of how an active assailant it's custody issues and I think you're you're so wise in seeing that it's it's not oftentimes a threat of violence but oftentimes just people who are coming in with big emotions who do need to be pastored Mm -hmm. not policed in that moment yeah absolutely and we work closely with the um kids ministry director to make sure that we are aware you know we have lots of kids that attend our church that are in foster care and some of them are in foster care because they're being protected unfortunately from their parents and um so we do work directly with our kids director to know and we have systems in place to know we know who those kids are 
and we know who is supposed to pick them up. And our security team also does help with kids pick up. They're very present and aware during that time to make sure that all of our kids stay safe. Yeah, there have been times when I haven't been let back into the kids' hallway <laughs> because I haven't, I didn't present the ID sticker that matches up with my kid, and they're like, "You can't be back here." And I'm like, "Okay, I work here. Sorry, ma'am. Yeah, see you next week." And it's like, "Okay, bye." I think that is another thing with the way that we have it set up to where there is a one, like our kids' hallway is one way, and the doors are locking from the outside, so kids can get out in the event of an emergency, but you can't get in unless you do have, like you said, the pickup tag or you are somebody from our team. So what it sounds like to me, tell me if I'm wrong, but if it, what it sounds like to me is you're not just looking for like big buff guys. You're also looking for people who have emotional intelligence, who are able to have these difficult, sometimes awkward conversations. Absolutely. And our goal is always, we don't ever want to have an incident on campus where people leave church that Sunday talking about what happened and not talking about the message that was preached. And so the forefront of us, our, our, our thoughts always are, um, if we lay low and aren't noticed at all, that's a win on a Sunday. And so when things do happen, our, our number one thing that we want to do is diffuse the situation and make sure that everybody is safe, but also that it's not distractive to, you know, what we're preaching about that week. So I have to, because you will not, you will never toot your own horn. So I have to toot it for you. Um, we did have a moment where our security team was very present and aware because uh, the fire department had to be called. Mm-hmm. And they, we ha- there was smoke coming out in the kids' hallway. So the kids immediately evacuated. Somebody pulled a fire alarm. The police, or not the police, the fire department shows up. And we had already evacuated the building. Hart, can you tell me, I know it's going to make you uncomfortable, but can you tell me what the fire chief said to you when he arrived? Actually, I wasn't here. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were out of town. It was the Wiccan of the women's retreat. Oh, yeah, so. we were gone. Leave it to the men All while the we were women, gone. Yeah, I wasn't here. Um, but our my, my coordinator for the weekend, we have every weekend, there is somebody that is in charge of that team. So in the event of an emergency... I am not the go-to person. Whoever is coordinating the team that weekend is the go-to person where they, we know, everybody on our team knows that this is the one person that's communicating with authorities. This is the one person that's communicating with our preacher. This is the one person that's communicating with our team. Like we just, we, we fall into that because if not, then you get into the too many chiefs, not enough Indian situation and we don't want that. And so um, the person that was leading our team, the fire chief came up to him. And when they had got here, our entire building, our entire kids ministry was already evacuated by the time they got on campus. And they were just so incredibly impressed and asked if we could give them the time. And it was like four minutes. We evacuated our building in four minutes. And it's like 9,000 square feet, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then we had roughly 200 kids in kids ministry. And um, yeah, we were able to evacuate everybody safely. We did our kids uh, pick up outside safely. Our our um, response team was able to go in and take the positions that they take with each specific kid's room the way that we have um, lined it up. We did do an evacuation drill like six months before that happened. So I think that was also helpful. Yeah. Great. How have you seen the creation of this safety and response team helping the overall ministry of your church, of our church? 
Yeah, I think um, we have a, in many ways, first of all, many ways, we have had a um, student, a young student who has very special needs. He um, is on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. And um, because we have this team, his parents feel more confident and comfortable bringing him and dropping him off at church because they know that we have a team that can and will and has helped him. Um, there was a small incident, I'm not even sure if you know about this, where he became hypothermic during oh. a service. And our team was able to respond quickly and get him the help that he needed Um So yeah, that's one way. I think also what I just talked about with the family that was able to drop their kid off, feeling confident. And um, we have had family members that are going through terrible divorces and know that they can say, like, do not let anyone outside of me pick my child up in those circumstances. Um, And I think just overall, like last year, 2019, not 2020. I feel like 2020 just doesn't exist. We just pretend that one. We skipped it over. Um, 2019, when we were having a lot of increase in church shootings and just people being attacked at churches, there is a confidence and a comfort that people coming to our church, knowing that our team exists, they feel safer attending. Absolutely. I love that. What are some ways that you care for your safety and response team? Because this is, I imagine, can be stressful at times. And that you said we have a D.C. police officer who, or excuse me, a D.C. firefighter who does this every day and then comes to church and does it again. So what are the unique ways that you care for probably one of the more stressful uh, church serving roles? Yeah, I think uh, for me it is through... I have team leaders that lead my teams, so we're broken down into smaller groups. And so really, I care for those team leaders in profound ways and encourage them to do the same and keep close tabs. You know, when we do know Dr. So-and-so has been pulling long shifts because of COVID, we're going to care for him. We're going to send a meal to his family or, you know, give him extra cards, like handwritten notes of encouragement. Um, But I think on a Sunday, the biggest way that I care for and encourage this team is to remind them that like if they remain invisible that's a win if nobody recognizes you today that's a win if you do nothing today that's a win and so between me and my coordinators and our team leaders that's something that I keep in the forefront of my mind on a Sunday to go out and encourage these people that are standing in the corner of our lobby and nobody has no idea who they are. They're not, you know, they don't have a shirt on or something that exposes who they are or what they're doing. And to them, it could just be, I just stood in the lobby and sipped on coffee, but they kept our church safe that day. And so I think that's something profound that that we try to focus on because, again, it could be a little mundane to come to your church and serve, you know, you attend and then you serve. So you're here for longer on a Sunday and feeling where you just like sit around and did nothing, but it's a huge thing that you did doing nothing. I love that. So often with our volunteers, I mean, we, we've talked about this so often, but the, the three, the three C's of leadership being care, clarity, and challenge. And we, as leaders are so good at, being clear about this is what you do. You stand in this place, and if somebody drops, you pick them up. And the challenge is there as a this is a tough thing to do is to care for people and, and keep them safe. But 
we oftentimes just in the hustle and bustle of executing week in and week out, forget the care component that goes into, um, you know, maintaining our volunteers health as far as we're able to. So thanks for that. Yeah. Heart, this has been a really good time. I've learned a lot. Like, it's not called a security team. It's called a safety and response team. Thank you for telling me that. Uh, this has been really valuable wisdom. And I really hope that people are able to, to take the lessons that you've learned and apply them to make our churches just as safe as possible so we can continue worshiping and seeking and saving. So thanks for that, girl. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who listened to our podcast today. We want to encourage you to connect with Heart. She is super available. She's not busy at all, ever, ever. She's waiting for your call or your email at heart at mosaicchristian.org, or you can visit our website, mosaicchristian.org. We would love to connect with you. Uh, We love making friends in the church community. So please, please reach out. Also, we want to make sure you know that registration is now open for our conference and expo taking place in Dallas on September 21st and 22nd. Check it out at the churchfacilitiesexpo.com. Check back next month to listen in on our next podcast. We'll be discussing virtual platforms and your audience with David Leuschner. Subscribe now to be the first to find out about it. We will talk with you next time. Bye.